You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Been a while. I've been away. I had a I had a month off recently, which was nice. I had a holiday with my family, um, and that was really cool. So it's really good to be back. I haven't been to Northwest for a couple of months now, so it feels like forever. But it's really nice to be back here. It's good to see all your faces, all your smiling, happy faces. So I'm I'm ready for you to be interactive with me today. Can we do that? Can we be a bit vocal? Can we be a bit excited? Yeah. God's good, and you know what, all the time, that's right, Brad, all the time, and it doesn't change, and I love that, because God is unchanging, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and oh, gee, just the presence of God, just, I just want to stay there all day, and you know what, we can, yeah. that's the cool thing, we really can. And we're in this series at the moment, we're talking about rest, And today, uh, Pastor Earl last week did an overview of rest, right? And today I am going to start um, talking to you about restoration. You can't even have restoration, literally spelling it, without rest. True? So there's got to be a link, hey? So we're going to explore that today a little bit. Um, But to be honest with you, I don't really feel super qualified to talk about rest because I'm not really good at it. And um, as I started to, I I actually had to laugh out loud when I got home from my holiday and I saw the preaching roster and I'm on twice this month. And I was like, seriously, God, come on. And I was just like, this is crazy. And I, so I started, obviously, to pray into what was it that God wanted me to talk about. And he reminded me that for the last 20 years, he's been trying to get my attention on this. And particularly for the last two years, he's been really trying to get my attention on this. And so I was like, you've really got my attention now. I need to know this, God, because I've got to preach it and I've got to believe what I'm preaching and so I really started to seek him in that. Um, and so I, God, I'm, I just wanted to stand up here and now and say that I am committed to going on this journey with you. I am committed to finding out what true rest means in God. And I have not just committed this month, I've actually committed the next six months to doing this. Because I believe that if God's been trying to get my attention about it for 20 years, then I can at least give him half a year on making it work. <laughs> and then hopefully after that half of a year, I'm going to walk in it, right? That's my, that's my commitment to you. So you can keep me accountable. Keep me accountable. Because I always used to think that when he was talking to me was, you will keep me accountable. Every <laughs> You've got to have those people in your life. I always used to think that when he was talking to me about rest, he was talking about physical rest. And that's what sleep is for, right? I'm good at sleeping. I don't have a problem with it. I've got this. No problem at all, God. Sorted. And then when he started to talk to me about inner rest, what was inner rest, it, just, it felt a bit too hard. It felt a bit too hard to be able to work out what that meant. But I need to find that place where I can dwell That is a continual state of rest. It is a continual place. No matter what's going on in my world, that's where I need to be, where my soul finds rest, right? 
Do we know what I mean? Do we have that feeling where we're like, we know, oh yeah, I get that. I understand sometimes my soul does not feel rest. What is that? What does that mean? And in Psalm 62 verse 1, it says, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. So I reckon a good starting point will be to go to God to find out what that means. Because let's face it, it is one of the harder parts of life to be able to find rest for your soul because there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in our minds. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in our emotions and our feelings and it gets hard. We do, we find that the weight of the world sometimes rests on our shoulders and then how do we actually find rest for our souls? How can I stop thinking about that thing that's plaguing me? How can I get to a place where I don't feel depressed? How can I get rid of that anxiety that seems to always follow me wherever I'm at? How do I move past that sin and that makes me feel so guilty all the time? How do I find rest, true rest for my soul? The questioning, the doubts, what the world throws at us, what other people throw at us, what we, what we think about ourselves, all comes into play in our lives, and so we, we tend to find our place ourselves in a place where we don't feel rested in our minds. We don't feel rested in our souls. And every day, we doubt ourselves a little bit more, and we get pushed down a little bit more, and something else happens, and we keep not finding room to even work out what is going on in our head, let alone to find out how we find rest there. So today, we're going to ex- start to explore it. So recently, I had the opportunity to, we went on our holiday, like I said, which was amazing, such an incredible blessing, and we ended up in Hawaii. That was our last week in Hawaii. Who wants to go to Hawaii right now? It's beautiful, can I just say, and I want to go back there as well, so I will come with you. I'm, I'm happy to be your tour guide. Please feel free to pay for me to come with you. So... <laughs> So we went to Hawaii, and one of the places that we got to go, I'm going to, I apologize if anybody actually knows how this is pronounced. This is how I pronounce it. We went to Hanamau Bay. Anybody want to correct me? Nope, good, good. Okay. <laughs> we went to this place called Hanamau Bay. Has anybody been blessed enough to go there? No? All right. Okay, we've got one person. All right, so you're going to understand what I'm saying about this beautiful place where you go and you swim in these crystal clear waters and you snorkel with these amazing fish. Now, many, many years ago, actually, I'm going to just refer to my notes because I can't remember how old I was. I was 12. When I was 12 years old, so that's quite a long time ago. I'm about to turn 40. You can do the maths. I went to Hanamau Bay with my parents because we won a trip to go to Hawaii uh, at Expo 88. Who remembers remembers Expo 88? Woo! That was so much fun. I loved that thing because we got a trip to go to Hawaii. And so we went to Hawaii and I went and we explored Hanamau Bay when I was 12. And Hanamau Bay at that stage was just huge. Like there was these, um, these masses of fish. It was so beautiful. The coral was gorgeous. Like there was this, this bay was just pristine. It was, there was nothing that I could fault about it. You got to go and you would feed the fish and they would like, like chase you. And I actually had to get over my fear because at one point my dad threw all these frozen peas around me. I feel like I've told you this story before for some other example. Through all these frozen peas around me and these massive fish came like, I don't think they were really that big. They were in my head and they bolted towards me because there was all these, this food for them. And so I walked on water. See, Bible is real. I walked on water and I got out of, and I got out of there because it was like 
scaring me. So I had to kind of get over my fear to be able to go snorkeling again at Hanamau Bay. So this was how I remembered it. It was beautiful. And I just remember masses of fish, masses. So fast forward to two weeks ago, and I get to go to Hanamau Bay again. And I remembered it, and I saw it, and I'm like, yep, we walked down that bay. And I was like, because I knew what was going on. I'm like, yes, yeah, so that's all we have to do. And we just go down there and blah, 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 and this is what it's going to be like and all the rest. So when we got there, what actually happened was we had to pay, which we didn't have to pay when I was like 12. We had to pay to go into this preserve. And it was called Hanamau Bay Nature Preserve now. And I was like, oh, sweet, okay, we'll pay. So we paid and we went down. And then before we got even about, you know, 50 metres down, we had to stop and go into a little theatre and they did like a little nature conservation talk to us. I was like, oh, okay, nice. So we had to do a little talk. And the reason that they, we had to go and do that talk was because people like me, when I was 12, and my family basically decimated that place. <laughs> so... I know, maybe decimation is a, a little of an exaggeration, but we, we didn't do it any good, let me just say that. And so we had like walked on the coral and we fed the fish and we did all these cute little things, but really what we were doing was damaging that environment that we were in. And we weren't allowing it, so there were so many people that could just go, however many people at any time, no problem, just go and be there. And what we found was many years later, actually in, not that many years later after we left, in the early 90s, they started to need to restore the bay because the bay was being so overused that there was a need for restoration. And so the way that they did that was A, to educate people, but B, on every Tuesday, no one's allowed in there to be able to give time for this bay to get restored back to its original beauty. And over the last 20 years, that's what's been happening. And it has gotten much, much better. There's still not the same teeming fish that were there when I was there when I was 12. But it started to get a lot better because of the education process and the, the people committed to making sure that the bay rests in order to see it healthy again. Can you see where I'm going? Yeah. That bay needed rest to be able to be restored to its health again. And yes, we're not talking about physical rest today. We are talking about rest for our souls. And when we are sick, like my husband is today, he needs rest for his body to be able to restore it to the way God designed. And when we are unhealthy in our souls, we need rest for our souls to be able to get it to back to a place that God designed, the original plan for us. But we let the world get in the way, just like the bay got the world in the way. In Exodus 23, verses 10 to 12, it says, For six years you are to sow your fields and harvest the crops. But during the seventh year, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it, and the wild animals may eat what is left. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. Six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey may rest, and so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. God designed rest. In, he ordained it, and even in Exodus, he made it a law. It was something that had to happen. He, he designed it for the restoration and the refreshment of the fields, the livestock, and the people. 
Because, you know, he knows that we can't go through life without rest. And we can't go through life without restoration. We need time to be restored. Restoration is God's intention. If you're taking notes today, that is our first point today. Restoration is God's intention. When we continually let ourselves get overrun by the busyness of life and all the things that are going on around us and the kids and their crazy state that they're in, and I tell you what, mine have been in a crazy state since we got back from overseas. It's like a whole nother level of crazy. Or maybe I've just lost patience. I don't know. It could be either. <laughs> could be either. I might have left that in America. Who knows? But when we continually let ourselves get overrun by the busyness and the craziness of what's going on around us, we find that we let the things of the world start to get in and we start to feel the effects of not stopping and resting. We start to feel the effects of not spending time with Jesus. We start to feel the effects of everything that's going on in our world. We, it may not be straight away, but down the line we're going to feel it. And we start to see that the worldly views even start to creep into our thinking. And we start to think things that God never wanted us to think about ourselves. And we start to think things about other people that God never wanted us to think about other people or the circumstances and situations in our lives. Because we start to get tired and run down. And who knows, when we get tired and run down, that's when the enemy likes to strike because it's when we're at our weakest and that's when he starts to put all these little thoughts into our minds and we don't remember to stop and say, hang on a second, Hang on, let me just take a minute to breathe here. What does God say about that? In Psalm 23, we love it. Hey, Psalm 23 is such a, an amazing psalm. And from verse 1 to 3, I'm going to read this morning. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God is the God of restoration. God brings restoration to our souls. It reminds us in this passage that we need to take time to be restored. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that it, it, it means that you need to stop everything to do that, to get restored. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. You need to find the way that you are restored in God. You need to find, to take time out, perhaps. So for me, I do need to take a little bit of time out every morning if I can do it. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but I need to take time out. This morning, I went for a walk along the, the water. I walked beside still waters, literally, and it was beautiful. But it took, I took some time for God to restore my soul. Because, you know, every day we have, we have a bit of a, more of a battle to win. You know, every day we can get up and I was oh, in a really good place right now. But that doesn't mean that I don't need God to restore it in me the things that he needs to restore in me that I don't even realise have gotten out of hand or they've perhaps gone a little bit skew-if. And it says, and so there's three things I want us to get out of this, this psalm. The first one is that God initi initiates our restoration. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And sometimes God makes us lie down somewhere or makes us stop or 
pushes us in a particular direction because he knows that we need to just stop for a second, take some time to breathe, like our series title, take some time to breathe and allow him to do a restoring work in us. And the second thing I want us to see is that God leads our restoration. He leads me beside still waters to a place of peace. He leads us through that time. He leads us in our minds. He leads us sometimes for our bodies, but he leads us, our souls, to a place of peace in him always. He's leading us and guiding us. When we allow him to work in our lives, he is the one who leads that process of restoration for us. And the third thing that I want to get out of this is that God completes our restoration. He restores my soul. He is continually restoring my soul. And one day it will be completed. And when we get to heaven, yep, it's great. But there is going to be this process of restoration that happens continually for the next however many years. And that's a good thing because God is continually bringing us to a new place in him of restoration until the point where one day we are completed. Right from the beginning of time, God's intention was always restoration. From the beginning of time, he made a plan for us to be restored to him in relationship. That was his ultimate intention, was that we would be restored to relationship with him and that we would be able to live an eternal life with him. How amazing is that? That God's intention has always been us being restored to him and he made a way through Jesus. Our salvation in Jesus is our way to be completely restored. And that's where our point of beginning starts. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? Point of beginning starts. Yep, that's, that works. But that's where we start in that restoration process. That's it. When we come to the cross and we say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. And that's where he starts to restore the identity that we had lost. He starts to restore us to that place that he had always designed us to be that beautiful place with him. And then as we go along our journey, we continue to find that he's restoring us. In Hebrews 9, it says, For this reason, Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So he wanted to restore us to relationship with him, but not only did he restore us to relationship with him, he actually restored us to a place that was even better. We got an inheritance, the inheritance that he has given us. He has restored all of that to us, which we didn't even deserve in the first place. So when we go through a process of restoration, it actually makes us or takes us to a better place than our original position. So it's always a good thing to go through a restoration process, even though it might feel hard at the time. And he restored to us this, this idea of eternal life. Restoration in relationship, restoration in our souls. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's always restoration that God intends for us. But why do we even need to be transformed? Why do we even need it? Because rest, well, sorry, why do we need to be restored? I'm just giving you my next point. I'm just giving you a little bit of a, you know, a prelude to it. Because restoration is part of transformation. Restoration is part of transformation. His purpose is always to ensure that we are restored to the place that he designed us to be. 
In order for us to go through that transformation and that restoration, we must take time to rest. Because rest is where restoration takes place. It takes time. We have to take time out to find what, what is it that energizes you? What is it that restores you? For every one of us, like I mentioned before, it's going to be different. It's going to look a little bit different. But when life is busy, when you feel like you've got nothing left, what is that thing? Where is that place that you go to in God that will take you back to where he originally designed you, where you can find out what he actually says about you, where you can rest on those promises that he has got for you? Where is that place for you? You want to find out what he says about you and let the things that have crept in be removed and the identity that you have been forming for yourself gets removed and restored with God's view of you. The rightful place in your heart, what he thinks of you. He is the place of rest that restores us. It's always been him. The word tells us that he restores my soul. We know that. And we can do all sorts of things that make us feel good. Last night, I ate a donut that made me feel good. <laughs> but that's not going to restore my soul. In fact, it's probably doing me way more damage than I like to think about. It was a good donut, though. I also had some CCs. I may have had something else as well. I don't know. It was after dinner. It's such a weak spot for me. Anyway, let's talk about self-control another day, shall we? But the cool thing is that, you know, we can God wants us to find that place in him. Not in TV. Right. Not in coffee. Not even with coffee with friends sometimes. That's what we that's our go-to place. Oh, I feel a bit down. I'm going to go to go and have coffee with somebody and chat about it. And sometimes that could be good, but are they taking you to him? Or are they just taking you on the journey of self-pity or feeling bad about yourself or whatever. Where are you being taken on your journey of transformation? God tells us that we need to be transformed every day, that the reason we are being transformed is because he wants us to be more like him. So we need to go to those places where we're going to be more like him. Our initial transformation begins when we accept Jesus that he died on the cross and that he rose for us. And our acceptance of him is that initial part of our journey towards truly knowing who we are. We are always being restored. Our spirit is, being, is saved. We are saved right now. We are being saved and we will be saved. It's a constant process of a journey of, of transformation. And our salvation, like we said in, in Psalm 20, uh, 62, it says... My, oh, I better read it to you properly because I'll probably get it wrong. Who knows? My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Our rest is in our salvation, but it's a continual journey. It's a continual finding out. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a continual process. The transformation journey requires that we reject what the world places on us and accept what God places on us today, every day, every single day. We are who God has designed us to be. That's, our, that's the plan. That's who we want to be. And I believe that we can't truly be, re, be transformed without being restored. Because I think about anything. Um, I think about a car that wants to be, that wants to be, it doesn't have a mind, anyway. A car that we want to restore 
requires a transformation journey, right? It requires to, it has to be transformed to be back to its original beauty. If we think about a, a house that we're trying to restore, or a part of a house that we're trying to restore, there's transformation that takes place for it to be restored. And when I think about us, we need to be transformed we ha- to, in order for us to be restored. And God just, when I was sitting in worship, he was talking about restoration for our souls and he was saying we go from something to something else. So when we're trying to be, re- if we want to be restored and transformed, he's going to take us from death to life, Right? He's going to take us from sin to freedom. He's going to take us from hate to love. He's going to take us from anxiety to peace, from distress to joy, from depression to joy, from dark to light. The restorative process always leads us to a better place in Him, a better place in life, a better place for us. It's always where He leads us. And that transformation that takes place is vital for that restorative process to fully be revealed. For my heart to be transformed to that of Christ. For my mind to become the mind of Christ requires that we commit to that transformation journey. It won't happen effectively in the busyness of life if we don't take time out to rest and be restored. We need to take time out. We need to work it out. And I know, I feel like I'm harping on this point, but you need to find the place where you are restored. You need to find where it is that God needs you to be to take you on that restoration journey and, and to help you identify the things that need to be restored, the things that might have slipped. You need to ask God, what is it that you're trying to show me? Because rest is already within us. Did you know that? We, we have access to that rest. We already have the access to the rest that we so desire. As soon as we give our hearts to Jesus, it starts with the cross and it ends with the cross. That's where rest is found, in his salvation. So if we have salvation in our lives, then we have rest. So what? So what? Restoration is a conscious decision. That's our third point today. Restoration is a conscious decision. There is a a level of faith that we must have in Jesus to fully understand the rest that he has for us. When Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, he made a way for us to enter that rest that he prepared from the beginning of time. And you can read more about that in Hebrews 4. You should write that reference down. That's a really amazing passage of Scripture. It talks about finding our rest in his salvation and that journey. And we activate that rest, that place of dwelling, when we consciously choose to stand on the promises of God and the purposes of God every day. We make a conscious decision to enter that rest today, every day. We receive the promises of God by faith and when we hear those promises and receive them in our lives by his word, which is alive and active, by his word, that is when we truly begin to know the rest of salvation, the rest for our souls that is assured and secure in those promises and purposes of God. So what? If you take one point away from today... This is the point I want you to remember. 
We need to make a conscious decision to rest in the promises and purposes of God in order that the Spirit can restore our soul to that which aligns with God. Restoration is about strength. It's about going to a place of strength. When you restore something, you don't make it worse, you make it better. You don't make it weaker, you make it stronger. And God wants us to become stronger in Him. We are described as His masterpieces and He has, he has designed us beautifully. And we have let things of the world get in. We have let life happen around us. That's the way it goes. You know what? There's no condemnation in that. It's just what happens in life. We get a bit misshaped. We get a few bruises. We might end up with a limp, whatever it is that has happened in your world, in your soul. It wasn't the original plan. But the great thing is that God takes us on this journey of transformation and we have to consciously decide to lean into him every day, to learn from him. Who, who likes learning? Who feels like it's a fun process? Some of us do, yeah. And some of us find it a little bit more difficult to learn and to like lean in and that's, that's okay. God made you like that. But it doesn't change the fact that we need to lean on God, lean on his understanding, not our own to be able to just lean on him and learn from him. What is it that he is trying to show us in our lives today? What is he trying to restore in us today? Where do we find that rest? Learn, lean on the master planner and the great restorer. He will teach us how to be restored to an even better place than we were before. I'm going to read to you from this book, which is an amazing book. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. How to Release the Hidden Power of God in Your Life. Who wants that? It's a really good book. You should read it. It's by Bill Johnson. I'm just going to read to you really quickly um, from page 97. It says, defining... I don't have it on the screen, so you're going to have to uh, really concentrate on me on this. Defining ourselves by the Word of God requires that we constantly train our minds to think in agreement with the Word. This means we have to remind ourselves of His promises often. But don't stop there. Learn to meditate on them. Like Mary, we must treasure them up and ponder them in our hearts. See Luke 2.19. While Eastern meditation tries to get people to empty their minds, biblical meditation focus on, focuses on filling our minds and our mouths with the truth. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. One of the definitions for the Hebrew word meditate is to mutter. This was a really good revelation for me. Meditating involves repeating the words God has said out loud. As Joshua was told, this regular repetition of what God has said is the key to our ability to do the word. When we declare the word over our own life and prophesy our own destiny in agreement with him, we release the anointing of the spirit in greater measure to bring the word to pass. The verse says that when we do this, we are actually making our way prosperous. Meditating on the promises of God is something we can do and are responsible to do, a conscious decision, in order to determine where we're going in life. It is a vital tool for strengthening ourselves in the Lord so we can walk in our identity and purpose. Meditating on the promises of God will strengthen you. 
Meditating on the promises of God will strengthen you. It will strengthen me. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.